0: I was alone. I was truly just in this dark place that I still was ready to not make it past 20. I was still just ready to take my life and have nothing left and, like, just tell everybody, see ya. And, like I said, I did two more. I, I attempted suicide two more times. The
1: calling. Yo, what's good, guys? What's good? Welcome back to the number one podcast in the world uh, as you guys seen in the last recent episodes you know you guys have been killing it thank you so much uh, and I'm the host Tony Garrow. I know a lot of you guys have said that you I don't even mention my name which probably sucks because so you guys are like who the hell, who the hell is talking oh yes I'm Tony what's good guys uh hey today's episode is very special and uh, I have my buddy buddy Nick Nick he is my he's a special guest for today's episode. He went to North Mississippi College. He went to the University of Memphis and went to Ole Miss and he's currently at Western Kentucky University. What's good, Nick? How's it going, man? Not much. Uh, you know, last time we talked was when I was
0: carrying you in Warzone. I believe. Uh, that was that, that's a little I mean, I don't know. After that uh, collateral I got you you, you got a little <laughs> excited. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Ooh. Clean
1: J- bro. Clean that was clean. I was knocked. All right. I, I was knocked I'm like I was like, oh my god. And then you're like boom. I'm like Ooh. oh this dude just oh he did that. Oh no, he did not. Bro,
0: you gave me our shit after that. I that mean sniping sniping's my specialty for sure. Um like i mean that besides that like
1: Wait, wasn't he knocked out i think he was knocked and then the other guy just walked by and they
0: oh yeah dead. right oh yeah I was, I was actually trying to thirst him but
1: <laughs> oh my god dude that's crazy no no yeah. honestly dude hey nick is a great guy is he streams too
0: what's your streaming like name uh it's twitch.tv forward slash devoid emperor
1: you're gonna see more of those stuff trust me go check him out yeah honestly let's get to the episode let's get to your story nick because yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited for everyone to
0: hear it too. Uh but let me I want to hear where it all started. Yeah. Um, so when I first started cheerleading, and it was actually in high school, I started doing all star. Um, when it first started, it was more of like one of those like it was a stigma thing. It was like uh I was a football player, everybody like I feel like a lot of people relate to that story, like a lot of guys. Ninety nine percent probably. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they were football, they were doing something, some other sport, and um for me it was like as weird as it sounds mine wasn't just because i was like oh i walked into a cheerleading practice on accident or anything it was a uh, i um i was big into video games as i like still am and mm-hmm. uh assassin's creed that was the video game that like i saw like them doing all the parkour and free running and flipping and jumping off of buildings and stuff and so that's what i really wanted to like learn how to do like i even got like i even got like a tattoo about it because like um what uh, assassin yeah assassin's creed really like resonated with me To the point where I was, where is it? It's on my thigh. It's like, you know, keep it hidden and everything. But so, um, I think, yeah, I, I, um, I have that tattoo and has my grandfather's birthday and death day below it and everything. That's whenever I got it because I was like, Mm -hmm. I was just fresh into cheerleading in college when I got the tattoo. But, um, so yeah, that's where I first started was just like, uh, parkour and free running, learning how to flip and climb buildings and vault and do all that. And Mm -hmm. at that point, it was, um, I had no recollection of cheerleading, especially for guys. Like I, uh, mm-hmm. once you, once like, um, once you get to that point, like I, like I was a junior in high school when I first started and like, like I first, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely lost for what I was doing. the only thing I had was a standing tuck. I learned that in the day when I went to the gym and that's why they were like, Hey, you should try cheerleading. And I was like, no, they were like, come on, come to one practice. I promise you'll fall in love with it. And I was like, okay. And uh, like, so I don't know, a lot of people know of like Mitch Budlong and Johnny Taylor. They they were the ones that like were like, hey, yeah, they they were like, hey, come on, like you could do this, like we could teach you. And I was like, "Uh, okay, I'll give it one try. And first practice fell in love. Like, I was like, we're throwing people in the air, we're like, we're flipping, we're tumbling, we're doing all this stuff. And so it was definitely something for me that like I, It was new, it was just mm-hmm. completely new, I mean, that was just Every all it was for me, yeah, and so, um, it didn't go over well with my parents that I wanted to quit football and become a cheerleader. I mean, I don't think it would go well with anybody like if like but I also wasn't like the best football player, so like it, it wasn't really like it wasn't really like like missing out yeah i wasn't I wasn't missing out if I were to uh-huh. ended up dropping it, so I think. I think the biggest part of that in high school was because my dad was my football coach. Like he was the ninth grade football coach and he was also the, um, I'm honestly, I'm going to butcher it. I don't know which, which position he was coaching for varsity, but um, it was definitely a different. uh, I feel like, like you see in the movies whenever they, they have their parent, their parent as their coach. It's just like that. Like, it's like you get to a different level and you're, there isn't like that same support, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Uh, and you're not like, you're not going to like, people are going to look down on you because they're going to try to put you as like, Oh, that's, that's, that's coach Jansen's son. Like mm-hmm. he, he's going to get to play because he's coach Jansen's son. And I was like, no, actually, my dad actually would not play me sometimes like just because of that. And I was like, Oh, okay, well cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it all works out in the end. And um, I think that kind of what like, that kind of that's kind of what pushed me towards cheerleading is like that the fact that um this was something new and i i guess kind of rebellious against my dad like haha i'm a cheerleader now kind of mm-hmm. thing and it it was definitely something fun to do um but after that i um i had no intentions i had no idea that like called or cheerleading can get you into college like with scholarships or anything so i mean i didn't invest a lot of time um that and, um, took me a true. while to to understand yeah. it's like it's like my coach was like, well, you can get a scholarship
1: from this. Like, you can go to college for this." And I'm like, okay. "Really? You know?" And I was saying both. Like, uh, football was my main thing. I wanted to start my senior year, and suddenly, you know, cheerleading just came to I'm like, "All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a cheerleader in college. I mean, a, a football player in college.
0: I mean, if I can get some money from cheerleading, why not?" Exactly, and that's what exactly how I felt. Um, and so I remember being at an all star competition, and um, some of the Memphis cheerleaders were working it. And they were like, Hey, like we, we could use some guys next year. And like, well, I was also with my ex at the time, like, and she was on the same team as me and we both were like, all right, cool. Like Memphis is interested in us. Like mm-hmm. that's the first time any college team has showed any sort of interest in us. Um, because, um, before Memphis, like Memphis was the first college I cheered at and it was like a different, it's a different breed up there. It definitely is. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear about them and small code, they're, that they definitely like to dominate and I was like but I didn't know the caliber of which it was like to win a national title at like uca or or even nca schools like it it, it's a whole different level Mm -hmm. so when um when I got to Memphis I definitely I definitely was not on par with any of the guys I could barely do a toss hands and I was I was I was that like uh the what's the saying the um you're only as good as like the weakest person on your team and I hated that because I was that weak person, um, and that's what like I I always push myself to try to be better, but I was always in the back of my head like suffering from like just past stuff that I should have taken care of before. With that, like then I think that's whenever I first started to spark like any side of, side of mindset with um, even just depression and suicidal thoughts is like this kind of happened in high school. I know we I know we talked about this. Um. Yeah, it first started a little bit in high school, but it was like it was like everybody kind of brushed it off. They were like, "Oh, you." I, everybody gets down sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. you're, like you'll you'll be fine in the end. And so, like, that's what I mean by like at um at the end of the day, like it was like a lot of mental stuff that I should already have talked about or assessed with my own with myself. Like, mm-hmm. been like hey, like I'm not feeling well. Like I'm trying. I'm I'm thinking about taking my own life. That's not normal. Like that is that is definitely a red flag that I should have taken very seriously, but I didn't. I was like, I listened to everybody else and I was like, yeah, I'll just suck it up. I'll, I'll be fine. Like you don't have to, nobody's, everybody feels this way or something. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and and I think uh, people do feel that way, but nobody knows how, to where to take that step to get that help and figure out um, within yourself. Mm -hmm. What you need to do. This was all through this, all through your, freshman year or in Memphis? Um well no it's like I said it started in like high school. It was just like mm-hmm. but it was like just little sporadic things like um I think a lot of people brushed it off as uh like yeah going through pu- puberty like oh you're gonna feel different emotions and you're gonna feel different things and so I was like yeah that's uh I, I get it. So maybe it's nothing. And then yeah, once I got to Memphis like um because once I got out of high school I didn't know whether or not I wanted to really go to college i think um with me uh money was going to be my biggest issue but like like i said like really, like we talked about is like you can get scholarship for like cheerleading now and like that's a that's a big thing so um when i went to memphis that's where i was like okay cool they're offering me stuff and i get to cheer at these awesome d1 school like like this d1 school that like everybody like has high hopes for and that like actually that year that i cheered there it was like the year that Ole Miss was up beating Alabama and we at Memphis beat Ole Miss. Like it was like a big thing. So um, it definitely is just a game changer for, I guess that sort of level. Um, But that's what like, uh, like, um, back with like the whole mental issues that I was having, I didn't think, um, I didn't think anything of it. I, I was just like more of like, more or less like, yeah, you'll get over it eventually. What was, like, what was like causing it to like feel these
1: like emotions, or like 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 feel these like moments?
0: Um, definitely like um, it was it was not, and not to like speak down on anybody, but it was definitely a toxic relationship. Um, when you have somebody that is, um, you're constantly trying to pull for that reaction from them and they're not giving you anything and because like things have just like feelings have died down or anything like that was a big part of it but then also like like i said being like the weakest link on the team like i didn't i didn't feel like i belonged there i felt like i wasn't truly ready to be a college cheerleader and so that's when like i was really just i just got more and more down on myself i was telling myself i wasn't good enough i wasn't gonna make it past this like i i at one point told myself that i was not gonna live past the age of 20 and that really resonated with me like yeah that's like making up your mind and saying hey like i'm not gonna live past the age of 20. but luckily i have um i have i'm 23 now and i'm happy but like i'm saying like when you put yourself into this mindset that you're going to do it i think that's when it really starts to hit you a lot harder is whenever like i'm like all right cool well, something else with more on my life. It's like, okay, fine, no, it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna live past the age of 20 anyway. So, like, what's one more thing? Like, and I think that kind of just hits you in a different way, like mentally. Mm-hmm. And so, I like that's why I don't know if because I didn't, I wasn't getting help. I wasn't taking any medication. I was just like no one was asking yeah. or listening. No, yeah, it was like it was it wasn't. I don't think, and I don't blame other people. I definitely don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a. I didn't see the signs and I should have confronted it with either like my parents or something. Like I know that my parents love me to the end of this earth and they always will. And I think, but I think I always was just pushing myself to this different level of I'm not good enough where, and and it's okay to feel like that sometimes it's like, okay, I don't feel good enough, but what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do to push myself to be a better cheerleader person? Like, am I going to, push myself or am I going to just give up and say, Hey, I'm going to end it all at 20, like, or before I'm 20. And I think that's where it kind of sparked at Memphis. And it was, um, it was definitely hard because I ended up going to Memphis for a semester and dropping out. And when I dropped out, um, I was going to go into the Marines and like, uh, I have like the utmost respect for military, I have military family and everything. And so that was like, the thing i was like i want to do that but i also Mm -hmm. had this dirty plan in the back of my mind and that's why i'm glad i didn't get into it this because i was going to go into um like to the front lines i was going to be infantry and the marines and like i was like okay and then hopefully i'll get deployed and then i can die at least serving the country or something and that's like that's definitely not the mentality you want to have especially going into like a military role because i mean you have people fighting for your life and you're just gonna go and throw Mm -hmm. it away like that and that's why i think that's in the moment, I, I'm, I'm assuming, like, in the
1: moment, like, all these emotions are like going all over the place, right? And you're thinking, well, this, it, you, would, would you say this kind of was like, was that like, would you say that was like an attempt to like kind of say, like, okay, I, like, I, at least I'm going to start, I'm at least I'm going to fight for my country. That's, because that's how you're saying it, right?
0: Yeah. Basically, it was like, I was, it was, it was half attempt, half of, um maybe i'll die doing something honorable mm-hmm. and but at the same time i went in with the worst mentality possible saying that like okay i'm just gonna go to infantry and then hopefully i just i'd basically just die doing it or something mm-hmm. and so that's where it really it, it's honestly wasn't okay because like and that's why I, I would hate for anybody else to feel like that because especially if you're going into the military or anything like you don't want the person next to you like willingly want to wanting to just stand up and get shot. Mm-hmm. You want, you want somebody who's going to have your back and wants to keep you alive and keep themselves alive. And I think that's where I, I really messed up with that and, and my path, like my choices, but I luckily and unluckily, I was medically unable un- or unable to join in the Marines because of my shoulder, I ended up having a shoulder surgery that they were like, okay, you can't join. Sorry. And I was like, and at that time, that's where I, that's where it really hit me. That like, I was like, I, I'm doing nothing with my, with my life now. Like I'm not going into the military. I'm not in college anymore. And I've, I've just, I, I've had it all. Like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm not going to the best 20. And so at that point in my life, I um, ended up attempting suicide for the first time. And I, luckily, I, I don't know what it is with timing, but I think i like like, I think it's God's timing. I think he said, Hey, like you're not doing this right now. You're not doing this. And my parents ended up, um, I don't know how, but like, I, I don't recall the day, but I just remember blaring one song. And for whatever reason, my mom, I guess, was just concerned about me that day. And um, I wasn't answering my phone. I wasn't doing anything. And she, she called the police and she was like, she was like, genuinely just concerned for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it happened or where it happened. And she ended up, I remember just getting a loud knock on the door and the police coming through. And just like, uh, after that, I mean, it was just emotions took over. I don't know. I can't tell you what happened from the, um, from when the police came in to when, what happened at the hospital. I, I just remember house mm-hmm. than hospital. Um, and so uh, I think it was a... You said your parents weren't home, right? Like you were at your house by yourself. Yeah, I was I was home alone. Um, So it was just like a. I And that's where I was like, it's like, I think it's a miracle of God saying that like your mom, for whatever reason on that day, I, I may have sent like a sketchy text or something. I don't, I really do not remember just like emotions were just taking over. And then, and that's where like you hear about the stories where like, when you, you meet somebody that's suicidal before they go and do it like they're emotionless like it's not like they don't they're not sad they're not mad they're they're just there they don't mm-hmm. like I, I could look myself in the mirror and say that this is not me I don't I don't see that person in the mirror and that's exactly what I felt that day that day I felt like I could just take it and leave it and be good I'd be just end it all right there and I, I wouldn't hurt anybody all my hurting would stop and take the easy way out in the most simplest of forms that's the easiest way out and that's exactly what i was trying to do that day and <laughs> i i'm so thankful now to this day that i didn't attempt it but um it, i never sh- still truly just got the help that i needed afterwards um obviously um when you get when you attempt suicide the hospital and the state order you to go and Go into a medical rehab center. So um, uh, instead of having to, the court order make me, I willingly admitted myself because they were like, "Hey, if you admit yourself, it's not going to show like up on future records or something like that." I don't. I honestly don't remember, but it was more like you go to this mental institution, you get the help you need, and then it doesn't show up or it doesn't like you don't get like a like repercussions to that. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely I was like, "Oh, easy way for that too. Let's just take it." And um I I kind of This is why I think I would be a good actor, by the way. Um <laughs> if I I went to I went to this uh uh mental institution. It's called Parkwood, and we uh I was out in 2 days. I literally faked it all the way through like saying that, "Oh, I was just sad and I made one mistake in my life," and I was like, "Okay." I, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, it just sounds like you are an emotional guy that got um, just all in your feelings, and you just had recently had a breakup a couple months ago, so you're just having a bad decision. The, yeah, and they're like, okay, well, uh, let us know if you need anything. Good luck. And just sent me out the door. And, um, wow. uh I don't think that's anything on them because it's more or less me – still with that mentality in my back of my mind that very it was a very sick mentality of i'm not going to live past 20 and so that's where i was were you thinking like i
1: these people don't care why am i even here like like i'm just gonna fake it and then just leave because do they really care were you thinking at that point like Um, that or
0: yeah i i still i still fully believed at that time that my parents didn't care. I I fully believe that my family, my friends, like like people from Memphis and stuff like at this time like they they were like my first like I guess real friend group because even in high school like I was a part of like groups of high school, but like I was like I kind of really just kept to myself. Um I mm-hmm. I had those few friends that I talked to at school, but then besides that, I mean, I never hung out with anybody outside of class. I was always on uh, my Xbox playing games and stuff. And then I would go to cheer practice and then that would be it. Like I wouldn't do anything else. And I think, um, and so that's where I think I was like, "Ah, these people won't care. It doesn't matter. Um, and so, yes, I think that was like my mentality going even through that mental institute was like, these people don't care. Eventually. I mean, they're going to go and live through their days and never hear my name again. Like that's probably what's going to happen. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I, got out. And that's when I first, uh, I I wanted to go back to school. I I for sure at that point decided if I'm going to do anything, I want to go back to school. And so um, I called up Tony Crump at Ole Miss, or not Ole Miss, Memphis, sorry. And he was just like, "Um, your ex is still trying out here. We don't think it's going to be a good idea. Like, you should probably just like, maybe go to like uh, a community college or something. And so I was like, okay, there's, there's a, there's a community college about 10 minutes from my house. So I was like, maybe this is probably the best thing for me. And so I went from Memphis um, and I ended up going to Northwest Mississippi community college where I've met some of the greatest people I will ever meet in my life. I have um, like, I I swear up and down to this day, my roommate is going to be the best man at my wedding. Like that he, he has impacted my life so much. Like, it's unbelievable um but uh northwest i had this set goal that like okay memphis um i took this into my own head that memphis didn't want me and that's where i also went wrong i was like i was like memphis doesn't want me like i'm gonna go uh i was basically i'm gonna go try to cheer at ucf and that that was like um a big thing for me it was like trying to get to that level because i mean even at the time ucf was one of the highest contenders and College Nationals, they were always up there. Always, just there, always been an elite program. And so I, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go to UCF. And so the entire time my time at Northwest, I trained, I stunted as much as I could. I tried to get my tumbling up. I did as I was in the gym five days a week. Like we had practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd be like, Hey, like, can somebody come to the gym and just stunt with me? Like, even if it's just toss hands, like anything. So I, at Northwest, that's like basically all I did. And then I remember running into this um, rut right towards the end of the year, right before I was about to go try out for UCF. I um, ended up going to one of their clinics and I have family that live down in Florida. So after the clinic, I ended up going to, um, I ended up going to Disney with my family. Like they were down there. They were like, Hey. Like now that you're down here, you might as well go. And but while I was at this clinic and going to Disney, um, we were having a clinic at Northwest, and so I I had already got it approved. I already was like, hey, like I I I really want to go to UCF this next year. I'm going to this clinic, like. So uh, my coach approved it, and uh, she was like, "Okay, yeah, uh, go ahead and go." And so I think things got mixed up in – translation somewhere and when i got down there and i went to the clinic and i have like videos me doing everything at the clinic and stuff but um i went to disney and i came back to mississippi and i get a phone call from my coach saying hey can you come meet me in my office and i was like okay like what is what what did i do wrong like what's the issue here Hmm. and and so i still sat in that mentality of as nothing really matters. Nothing matters. And yeah. that's exactly what I said to myself. Nothing matters. When I walked into the office, she was like, Hey, basically you lied to me. You went to Florida to go to Disney world. And I was like, that is not anywhere near what I was, I did. Like I was, I, I went for the clinic. I have videos. Like mm-hmm. I could show you right now. Like I was stunning with like the UCF like cheerleaders and she was like, "I just don't like that you lied to me." And I was like, "I didn't, I didn't understand it. It's like I didn't have to tell you that I was going to Disney World. I was already down there, I think." And I, and that's where I kind of was like, "I was like, okay." She was like, "Well, I'm going to have to kick you off." And I was like, "And like I was like, at that point, I was like, I said I was like, nothing matters." So it was like, "Okay, bye." I'm like, "I'm done." Like it's that's nothing. Like it means nothing to me. When in reality, it still it still hurt deep down. It it definitely hurt because I was like because it, it um it definitely takes a toll on just like cheerleading in general because i mean mm-hmm. after i got kicked off it like it, i went to every coach that i wanted to go like every school i wanted to go to like it was like it, um, at ucf they found out about it and stuff and luckily i went to i ended up going to tryouts at ucf and they were like yeah you can you can come try out and stuff but i wasn't accepted into the school at the time and so mm-hmm. it everything just didn't work out with UCF and then that's where I I ran into the where I would say my my biggest challenge in my life so far was um like I said um when I went to Florida I have family in Florida so I was like Mm -hmm. I went to UCF tryouts and I was like um I, I didn't end up making it because I wasn't in school and stuff so I was just like okay I'm going to stay in Florida and I'm going to work again for the next year and just not go to school and not do anything. So I, I dropped out a second time and I like, I literally just worked on um, I went, I lit, went and lived in Gainesville with my sister and it, that's where everything just kind of went downhill spiral for me um, because this is like, I, I would stay in Gainesville for only seven months and attempt suicide two more times. And it was like a – it was a very dark thing for me because I was like I'm staying in Florida uh, for UCF when I could be cheering at a a community college again or something or doing something Uh with my life. And I felt like at that point in my life I was doing nothing. I felt like um, there just was no purpose for my life whatsoever. Like it was – Dude,
1: that's that's, – that's, that's, that's crazy. I, you know, I mean, you started thinking, you're like, you're, you you feel pretty good, right? I mean, before UCF, right? You kind of feel like, all right, I'm stunting, I'm like, I'm getting this going. And suddenly you go to UCF, right? I'm about to like, get that clinic. You know, I want to get better. And you get like a big slap in the face from, from, from that community college saying, hey, I mean, it's Orlando, yeah. right? I mean, you're telling me Disney's like right next door from like UCF. I mean, who wouldn't want to take that chance? But for this, yeah. college, for this community college, you like, like, no chance. She gave you no chance to explain at all.
0: Um, uh, she she never. Um, I, I don't think I got a fair chance to explain myself. But I also uh-huh. like I said, I was in that mindset of nothing matters, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I'm I'm out. Um, yeah. So I just I literally walked out of her office and was just like, okay, bye. Man, and I think. That's... I think I should have pleaded my case. I think I should have tried to make everything better, but, and the thing that makes it all worse is that this was the day before our next tryout for next year at the community college. And so I think I just kind of like, I was just like, okay, cool. I got, I got in my head that I was going to go down to UCF and I was going to make it and I was going to be cheering there and everything. And, and that's not the way it worked out, but I think I, I took that to an extreme and that's when I stayed in Gainesville with my sister and throughout the next year I would drive back and forth between like to UCF and go stunt with some of them. But it was a never like, it was a two hour drive. It was a never an easy drive to go make. And mm-hmm. so I, I definitely just got put into this rut. Like, cause I was living in Gainesville, new place, new people, never don't know anybody. Like I, all I know is my sister and she's at work half the time. Like she's, Uh, she's a nurse. So she definitely was like, just always, always gone. And I, I mean, we had our, we had our weekends where we'd spend time together, but it was like, I was alone. I was truly just in this dark place that I still was ready to not make it past 20. I was still just ready to take, take my life and have nothing left. And like, just tell everybody, see ya and think nobody else would get hurt by this. Um, but I think that's where, um, after, like I said, I did two more, I, I attempted suicide two more times, uh, one time with pills, and the next time, uh, I turned my car on in the garage and just tried to fall asleep in my car. Um, and it was a, it was definitely. I I, like, I just don't know. I I think my mom has like superpowers or something like it was somehow she just always ends up calling. Always called you on the second attempt was the second attempt with the the pills
1: you meant you mentioned.
0: Yeah. um, She called me then. Um, But she, I still don't even honestly think she knows this till this day that um, like I, I had taken those pills to try to like, like, and it was like a two whole bottles Um. But I ended up going to the hospital, and I honestly, I don't think anybody in my family knows this. I don't think anybody truly knows. But I I definitely – I I attempted that way, and it was um, definitely one of the worst experiences in my life just because I I tried to take it on alone again. I tried Mm -hmm. to take everything – I kept on trying to take these loads off of everybody else by just – taking my hurt, taking my pain and just forcing myself to say they don't care. They don't, they don't need me as an extra burden. I'm always a burden. Like the, like the biggest thing I'm a burden and I've, and I've truly felt that way. And so, um, like I said, after that, after that third attempt with the carbon monoxide, I, um, I, I've, I feel like my life has worked in a way of miracles Um, that have led me up to this point and led me to just like here today, like learning about mental health issues and um, just learning how to live life in a different way. And so like, uh, I I heard a, I heard an amazing quote the other day and I'm sure everybody's heard it before, but it was like the, the good thing about being uh, at rock bottom is that the only way um, the only way out is to go up. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that's, I think that's where uh, it definitely that that's my, that was my rock bottom, like attempt number three, and like rock bottom, I was I I was like this is it, like I like number three was number three was gonna be it, but it was it wasn't, and like I I think that's where like I said my life has worked in miracles because once my mom found out about tent, attempt number three, she said no you're moving back to home you're moving back home to Mississippi, like get your car pack all your stuff up you're coming home and i was like i willingly i was just like okay i'm coming and this is where i think my life tech took one of the best turns it has taken in a long time um on my way back to mississippi i don't even think i've told her this uh but coach ryan o'connor she um she gave me a call and it was out of nowhere um she would she had just gotten the job at ole miss and she was like hey Like, are you still doing anything? Like, are you still cheering? What? Like, what are you doing? I was like, oh no, I'm I'm actually on my way moving back to Mississippi today. And she was like, well, we have tryouts coming up. Why don't Why don't you just come give Ole Miss a try? And I was like, like I was, I took it as a sign. I was like, this is this is my last attempt. This is it. This is this is how it's gonna go. And so I said, either I die at twenty, or I. I get something out of this. And I think that's exactly what I, I did. I, I was able to, um, seize this moment and I ended up going to Ole Miss and making the team. And even then, when I first made the team, I was, I was decent. I had finally gotten some skills up. I was doing basic level elites and stuff. And I was, I, um, I got to talking with one of my teammates who like, uh, she is like one of my best friends. Now, uh, I call her every other day. We, like we talk all the time. Um, but uh, Casey, like Casey Giles, we did – Um, she was the one that could, like could kind of like push me towards partner stuff. Like I mean we – and that's what I was – like that was my ultimate goal. Like that's the next goal I put myself. I was like if I'm going to do this, if I'm really going to make this out, like if I'm going to make it out of this, I'm going to push myself to be the best. I want to be one of the best to ever do it, and I want my name to be heard. And so like I mean I think I don't miss how, that. How did really you meet – how did you meet Ryan before Ole Miss? Um, I would go to Ole Miss clinics every once in a while. Um, I never truly planned on going there, but um, there was a, I would go to some of their clinics and, um. I think one of the girls from the team, like she was a senior, she ended up uh, contacting Ryan. Was like, hey, like I think Nick Jansen would be a good a good pick for like Ole Miss, like, and I think. Um, this was whenever Ryan first got the job at Ole Miss. Like she called me and I was like, no, I'm going to UCF. Like I'm going to go cheer there. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay. Um, And there wasn't much conversation after that, but then um, I guess she kind of figured out maybe through like social media or something. I really don't know um, that I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't cheering. I wasn't. So I um, ended up getting on the phone with her and she was like, come try out. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so once I got to Ole Miss, I definitely went uh that's where I would say like I definitely shot up. I I had started, I had a, a good support system. I had people around me that wanted me to be there. Um and I just I felt loved there. I felt a, a, a connection to the people that I honestly didn't go wanted to go to the school for. I was like, I I like my entire family went to Ole Miss. My dad played football there, my mom was there, everybody like my my entire family went to Ole Miss. And so I was like I don't want to go to Ole Miss like that's just everybody's been there I want to do something new with my life and and so I think that's where I was like finally whenever Ryan called me I was like maybe maybe this is a sign maybe maybe I need to go to Ole Miss go to Ole Miss so that's what I did I went I went to Ole Miss and I I definitely at first um didn't like it for like maybe like the first week I was like I feel like when you hear of Ole Miss you think of like SEC snotty like stuck up kids I guess and so that's what I didn't want to be I wanted to be mm-hmm. I wanted to be somewhere like somewhere different could, somewhere yeah, not somewhere that didn't really attract I guess in
1: yeah spotlight
0: yeah and so I I um I definitely like but that literally was just like the first week after I got to meet my like roommates and everything like I was like oh this is this is amazing I love I love it um and so when I first really got to Ole Miss like that's where I had two roommates that were like, they pushed me to be uh, just a better cheerleader in person in general. Um, And I I loved every minute of living with them. Um, But that's where I was like, me and Casey became friends because that was her first year um, on the team, my first year as well. So uh, we got, we got close, but then finally over, over the first year, that's when we had the whole TV show with cheerleader generation and all of that. And it was, it was interesting to say the least um, it was a different experience, but like, that's where I think that most of that year was kind of spent on that it was just, us kind of looking good for the cameras or something. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's what pushed me to like, try to get harder skills. So they would put me on the show, but it was kind uh, <laughs> of, was that uh, cloud. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get the cloud. I, would, I, I mean, who,
1: be- I mean, who, I mean, who wouldn't want to, I mean, i talked about it with, uh, with coach Ryan is, when, when there's an opportunity like that it's like oh snap
0: <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah that's that's hard that. to come by that is, that is very yeah. hard to come by and so i was like i was like oh yeah i can uh, i'll just get harder skills so that like, they put me on the show and i was like i'll be, I'll be on the show and i sadly i still wasn't I, I mean i was like kind of the background character but it was still it was still a fun experience it was still something awesome to what's like experience good to my... generation
1: like what's good bro <laughs> like are you guys trying to like not Hook my see, boy Nick up table? or what? <laughs> I, I, do I have to direct this, guys? Like I'll go to WKU right now and I'll direct this whole story right now. I
0: mean it'd be fun. It would like it was definitely a good experience. I think that's what uh because it did pull a lot of co ed together. Our co ed team, we did like uh we definitely we're always just around each other at that point because of the, the show. We'd always mm-hmm. We, we, everybody was trying to chase the clout we were all trying to be with the people that were on the show and that was mm-hmm. um but it was definitely more um it, it pushed me to be better it, it definitely yeah. did and I, that's where did i you think feel like overall sc- sorry but
1: did you no. feel like overall you started like once you got that call from coach ryan you're like okay i think from here there's no there's no going down at the moment, right? You, you you felt like a winning streak. I don't know if you know yeah. that the winning streak from Charlie Rockets. So he, I'm a huge fan of that guy, but you know, you're in a winning streak. You're kind of you you know you're go, you're going going up. Yeah, so that, that, that's Miss, exactly how it is. Okay.
0: Yeah, that is exactly. I think that's where. Um, I wish I could renew the quote off the top of my head, but like Will Smith said something like that. Um, it was like, um, just decide, like who you're gonna be. What you want to be and how you want to do it, or something like that, and I think that, I think that's where that that kind of point hit me. I was like, okay, look, Nick, you're either going to like because Ryan called me, I got off the phone, I was like, look, you're either going to kill yourself, or you're going to be the best you could possibly be, and you're going to change your life, you're going to turn around right now. And I think I was like, let's go to Ole Miss and find out. Let's let's figure it out. And that's where I think I. I, I'm, I'm grateful that I, that, that Ryan called me on that day. And I like, I still think it's just like a, a miracle. It literally is. I think it's a, in the, it's blatant form, a miracle because I, I don't know what I would have done when I, if I would have just moved back up to Mississippi and not done anything. Cause you had no, before. you had no,
1: like you had no, like you didn't have a mission, right? Going back, to, back home. You just,
0: they just told you, Hey, come back. But like, you're like, all right, well, what do I do now? right yeah that's exactly how i was just like i i mean i'm i'm just moving back home like my mom told me come home and like that's she doesn't trust me being in florida like she's scared that i will kill myself and succeed Mm -hmm. and so she said uh yeah like she was like yeah come on to Ole miss like i mean you're you still already have like in state and stuff like just come give it a try and i said okay i'll come and i I ended up coming to the tryouts and making it and i i genuinely enjoyed that year I, i loved it i spent every moment of it just like with my roommates like we we got closer and closer and i like and i hate it because they were also like they're they were uh seniors on the team or, or i guess seniors um and so after that year like they were kind of gone but they're still in oxford so i got to still hang out with them and see them and mm-hmm. be around them and so once i got to my second year at Ole Miss. Um, that's when I was like, all right, me and Casey, were like, all right, we're doing it. We're doing partner stunt. Like, this is it. We're pushing ourselves. We're going to become, we're going to be, we're going to compete partner stunt.'" And I I also got a little lucky that like me and uh, my roommate at the time that I just moved in with uh, Nick Kozier. I know he, he, and, he, and uh, one of the girls on uh, the team that uh, she just actually recently went to UK Riley, she, um, they both wanted to do partner stunt as well. And so we, I, that's that was my competitive advantage. I, I was like, okay, if, if they're gonna do it, we're gonna try to do it better. And so we like, it was like a rebuttal back and forth. But it was like a, it was like teammates. Like we were like teammates. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna go back and forth, and we're gonna a good type of competitive, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it definitely was like head to head. Like we were going back at it, each other, and I was like, like we're 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 gonna do partner stunt, like and we're gonna make a name for Ole Miss too. Like we want to make we want to make Ole Miss like something that like people will hear about for the rest of our lives like it's like and and that's where I kind of got this feeling of I want to build a program as well and so like turning a a program into like a national title kind of program is going to I know I definitely would think is going to be harder than anybody's ever really thought of but at that point I think that's where it really is going to be something that you Could do if you have those type of people on your team, like me and Nick, mm-hmm. the other Nick Kozier. He, we, um, and so we we pushed ourselves to be some of the best and like that we could be. Like, I mean, obviously, that we there are people that are way above our skill level, and I think that, but that that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to make our names for ourselves. Like, I mean, you hear about everybody else, like, but I, like, I want to be like the person that they're like, oh, like that's Nick Jansen. It's not like, oh, he came up from somebody else it's like no that's Nick Jansen like we gotta like I want to be like him Mm -hmm. and so um after that that's where like I think that's where my life had made its pivotal turning point um I I definitely was still feeling suicidal and I and and um but at the same time like I was finally for the first time in my life getting the help that I need like and then I don't know if like I know at Ole Miss and I know here at Western we have people that like we have uh, here at Western it's called top care. Um, I don't miss, I didn't know. I don't know if it had a name or anything, but like we have like team psychiatrists like that, like help you. Like they'll, they're, they're there to talk. That's their job. Robotics. And so that's where I, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so like, it was like just therapy and stuff like that. So um, I think that's where I finally got that sense of help finally coming through like I, I talked to a guy at Ole Miss and I like it it's was, it's was kind of funny to me like it was like I started going to these therapy sessions and then it was like yeah you you you're okay to feel valid like that like you're allowed to feel that way and I'm like whoa whoa you can't I can I can actually like feel suicidal and then be normal like he's like yeah like that's that's the human brain working it's trying to keep you it's like fight or flight kind of stuff it's like it's it's your brain trying to react to things and your brain just happens to be overreacting kind of to these certain um triggers that like if something goes wrong so he, he, but uh, he, like that's where that help started to come in like uh, like just like like yeah you're not you're not crazy you're you're you have valid feelings you're a human being like it's okay. You, have. Yeah. It is okay to not be okay. That that saying. Like it is okay to not be okay. And that's where I think like I said, that was like the pivotal changing point in my life. Like um like Ryan was pushing me to be um to go see this therapist and stuff and like she was like, Hey, like yes, cheerleading is important, but she was like, Your mental health is gonna be a lot more important. Like she was like I'd rather you be here alive than you be here and be a national champion, but and, like taking your life later on. And so I, I think I definitely, that that was my turning point, And that's where I, I just wish that I would have seen a lot earlier in my life, but I, I think learning it now is where I was just like, okay, this is where I can make my difference in my life. This is where I can change and strive to be in partner stunt and strive to be, mm-hmm. um, like at the top of my game and try to be one of the best that I've ever gotten, at least gone through Ole Miss. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm completely cured and don't have suicidal thoughts anymore or anything, because it it definitely still sparks up and it's definitely like, it it definitely gets to those points. But Mm -hmm. like, but with like therapy and stuff, that's where I've learned that like, it is going to be okay. Like eventually it does, it, it will be okay. And like, you're, you're going to be, the best person you possibly can be but as long as you're here you need to be here if you're going to be the best person you can be you cannot like, you can't you can't change anything if if you're gone yeah
1: like you're able to control it right M- more now like you have more of a of power inside of you saying hey like I, I i can i can manage it right i don't know if i don't know if that makes sense right because now before before the whole therapy it's like oh man what like like, what, like what's happening right but now now you have more of a of a control of it
0: yeah I I, I I would say yeah control control is going to be um the hardest thing but that is also the hardest thing too is just like telling yourself like yeah this is the way you feel but what are you going to do about it what are you going to like what are you going to do to make yourself feel better are you going to call like a friend are you going to you're going to are you going to realize what's wrong with the situation and try to fix it. Or you can like, I, one of my favorite things, like, and I, I tried it recently, like with my new therapist, he was like, give yourself 30 minutes. You're allowed 30 minutes to just freak out, have an anxiety attack or just, just panic. Just just let it all go. Like put yourself into a room and just panic. But once that timer goes off for that 30 minutes, cut it out, get on call of duty, go play some Warzone. go, go, go do some homework, do like, go, go text a friend, say, Hey, let's go get a meal. Like, and, and that so far has been like my saving grace. Like, I'm like, okay, I I set an alarm for my, uh, my phone, 30 minutes. I get 30 minutes and I like, I freak out. Like, and that's where I, I freak out. I panic about everything. Like, I'm like, okay, well I have an assignment due tomorrow. I have this to do. I have to go get an oil change. Like I like the, the my life is in shambles. And then that 30 minute timer hits and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm going to go make some food. I'm going to go. And and it's the, the first few Tony. times it's a little weird because you're like. <laughs> <laughs> <quite a> <laughs> but then like, yeah, go, go play some Warzone with Tony and get a or <laughs> Only, only, only get like 20th place, but still, you know. God <laughs> dang it. <laughs> That's okay, though. We're having fun. <laughs> We're having fun. And it was also, it was kind of an off day for me, you know? Um, hey. But it was definitely like, but like, yeah, it's definitely weird. The first few times you do it, you're like, Oh, like, okay, now I have to go do something. Like I just had a whole, a whole panic attack. Like, like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. But um, luckily I, I've, I've, that's, I've slowly learned how to deal with what's going on in my life. And I think that's where, if I make any point and during this entire podcast it's that like I, I want people to realize that getting help is never something to be ashamed of it's something that people need everybody needs it maybe maybe not in the form of therapy or anything but definitely to realize that there's sometimes sometimes your brain is going to think ways that it shouldn't and what you do about it and who you go to is definitely going to change it and I think that's where I wish I would have learned that in high school, but at, uh, but I'm learning it now. And that's why I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm, like I said, I I'm 23. I'm, I've lived past the age of 20. So, I mean, like, kind of like that's what the way I kind of see it now is like, look at me now, like go, go you kind of thing. Like you're like, yeah. I, I, it's still, it still is a issue sometimes, but it's definitely something that I'm able to work on. And I, I've come to the point where like, I, I don't feel that way anymore but like I not not that i don't feel that way anymore that's that's a complete lie but it was, like i i definitely learned how to change my mindset in these moments like um uh, i don't know if you saw recently like the whole tiktok thing going on with a um a guy from new albany mississippi and uh committing suicide and people were using it as a, a bait um content kind of um like there it was it would start off like a pit with a video of puppies playing and then it goes it like immediately cuts to him killing himself um that that was uh last week and so i I didn't sleep for three days after that because I thought about that so much because I, instead of like watching and just being like, oh like it's a guy that just killed himself like i I could take that video and like I hate that I saw it and I hope that nobody else had to see it because it is it is a very tra- traumatizing video but I think I was I w- I looked at that video and I watched this other guy and I just the only thing I could think of is like I've been in this place like I've seen this like I've had this emotion before I've where he he wasn't crying he wasn't mad he wasn't sad he was he was just like okay like I th- this is this is it like I'm done mm-hmm. and I I think that's where it like uh like the whole backstory behind it is that he ended up losing his job he lost uh his his girlfriend was um he was just suspecting that his girlfriend was cheating on him and he just he was just done and um I know that when he attempt or whenever he committed suicide it was his his mom was watching the live stream that he did it on and uh, his dog like his dog That's the thing that got me the most was his dog. His dog came in whining and I just like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head after that for the next three days. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that at this point to my mom or to anybody in my life at this point. And like, I recently just went back to Mississippi to get my, get my dog because like, because of that video, like I was like, I'm not letting myself do that to you. Like I, and he's behind me right now just chilling, but I mean, and, but he would never know that I did that, but knowing if I did that would take myself permanently out of his life. And that's the hardest part is to realize that like, if I, if I would have done that two years ago, three years ago, that like, I, I it wouldn't have made anybody else's lives better. I would have made it people's lives worse. Like I would have, I don't, I don't know what I would, my mom would do. I don't know what my sister would do. My like, none of them. I don't know what anybody would do. And because, I mean, I would would be dead obviously, but it was like, it's still like, it's still a difficult way to see things is like, Mm -hmm. okay, his, I, cause I really wish I could reach out to his mother and be like, Hey, like, I'm sorry for your loss and everything. And I hate that I've been in that place. And I wish that I could mend and heal you. But I know that it, it's, it's not likely, and I, I yeah. hate that for her. And I, and I hope he rests rests in peace. And I, I just hope that um, anybody that saw the video realize needs like realizes that if you are ever feeling that way, like that's it. It's it was a good sign to show people that the emotions aren't running rampant. There there are no emotions. It's you're 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 just your brain is like okay cool. And it just shuts off. And I think that's where, if you did see the video, uh, I hate that you did. But I also wish that it was, um, I wish he wouldn't have done it. But mm-hmm. if we learn anything from it, it's that, like, you got to realize when it's about to happen. And I think I, I realized it before he even started to attempt it because I could just see on it, see it on his face. I could I could read his emotions, and I was like, mm-hmm. I've been here, and I wish that I wish it wouldn't have happened. That's all I say. I wish
1: you would have been there and like ask and listen, because yeah. that's I think is that that would be like the most important part. Yeah, just, just asking, asking, all. and and knowing that there's someone out there that 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 care, and listening
0: is really like I think yeah what we and would say the big that's... part. I would say yeah listening or just like honestly letting him know that he's not alone like other people feel that way and I think that's what resonates with me is knowing that other people feel the same way like and like I I hate I hate it but like I I wish I wish mental health wasn't an issue but it is and so that's where I think it's definitely going to be harder for people in the future cuz I think humans adapt and so we're gonna slowly realize different ways that like if you are suicidal people are gonna be able to get away with it and be like hey like i feel suicidal but i don't have to tell anybody and then that's when everything piles up that's like -hmm. like, that's what happened with me like i let it pile up and that's when you get to those points of seeing yourself in the mirror and not seeing the same person at all not knowing who's who's on the other like who is in that mirror i um It's just,
1: you know, um, like about, I don't know if you know about like this, but about 800,000 people, you know, worldwide die by suicide every year. Like one person every 40 seconds, you know, you know, takes their own life, you know. It's just like one in six American, like six American high schoolers, like are thinking about like seriously about suicide one in six yeah, Americans.
0: And that just in itself, it it's never easy to talk about and it never will be. And that's why I think people are so used to just keeping it inside because it's never an easy conversation. Never. It never is. It's, I mean, it, just talking about it tonight is still like a, like a, it's a weird thing for me because I've never really just talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's definitely something hard to talk about it it's never going to be easy and so that's whenever like you get to those high schoolers and stuff It's like because like and even in my case it was like uh, people were just like oh you're just you're in you're hitting puberty and stuff like you're gonna feel these emotions different emotions and but no there's seriously underlying issues that needed to be confronted right then and there and i don't think i think living situations and stuff are also a direct cause of that and just like how people's lives are going because i mean i i live i have lived a, a pretty nice life I, I i will say that um but th- that just goes to show that like even people that are living in a better life are could still be affected they could still mm-hmm. like it's not like i angry. agree like it's not like
1: it 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 can happen to anyone right i mean that's that's kind of like the thing um uh, yeah that that is happening. It's like, guys, I mean, if you're listening, like, just know. I mean, first of all, I mean, Nick, thank you, man. Like, really, really thank you from the bottom of my heart. You sharing this story. You sharing your story on the podcast, dude, is – it means the world to me because it shows that I, I have a platform to share it to someone that might be going through this. And, and, I, and, and I've said this in the past before with other episodes, like – if I can get one person to say, hey, this really this just really hit home. This I can relate to Nick's story. Like Nick is doing this. Like I just need to keep on believing it and saying, hey, you know, like if any if you know someone that, you know, or anyone just 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 ask, like, like, say hi to someone. Like, you don't even know what that person might be going through. Uh, And. Dude, like I said, like, thank you so much. Like this, like this episode itself and it's not easy it's really not dude like i i mean i have the most utmost respect for you and for everyone else that it's it's like willing to share their story so my war zone buddy dude (laughs) wku
0: yeah wku dude what are the plans how um what are the plans for that
1: place how did that come into place
0: i think right now as a program it's it's really like going well um I think, uh, we- weirdly enough, uh, when I was at Ole Miss, we, like I said, I want, I, like I said, I wanted to build a program and Ole Miss I definitely could have done that. I mean, um, before I came to Western, I, I would, I had just been announced to be like the captain at Ole Miss and everything. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm ready. This is this is my chance to turn it all around. And for whatever reason, like I, like I I had this just random feeling that I was like when Ryan came up to Western, I was like maybe I should look into it. Like I I think that that kind of stemmed from um, her being there at Ole Miss whenever like with my mental health health and everything and pushing me to get better and mm-hmm. be better. I think that's where I was like okay maybe I should look into Western too just in case like you know like COVID just hit like what if what if the SEC just completely shuts down cheerleading for on the sidelines and stuff or something like. So I I I came up to Western. I gave it a tour and I I fell in love with the people here. Like I think Bowling Green, Kentucky, some of the people here are, are genuinely just like the hardest working people I I could see a different breed of people wanting to be better. Um and I feel like I shed a, a light on those people. I feel like I came up here and I I've like had teammates that are like yeah, we want to be at that level. We want to. We want to win. We're like, this is like, if this is it, this is it. Like, we've, we've, we're, we can achieve it this year if we, we push ourselves. And I definitely think that if COVID permits and everything that, and UCA still has nationals, that I think, I think this is like a year for Western, and if not, I, I, this is like a building program now. This will be, I think, definitely. You're ready something to leave that, your mark. Yeah, and I think that, like, I, I it, I definitely feel like i already have i feel like Mm -hmm. um i feel like western will be something talked about for a long time especially with uh coach alley and coach dalton up here and like i think they're gonna take this program and skyrocket it um because i know like they're some of the best coaches around uh there uh it is just every practice has been something new and something to learn from and even Mm -hmm. with like covid and everything like everybody's taking it very seriously and it's getting to the point where we need to like i know like other schools have been um like completely shut down because of covid but luckily like our administration and stuff believe in our program and want to keep us a part of it and so like they're working their hardest and we're trying our hardest to make sure everybody stays safe and we, I mean, we get to still cheer games right now. I mean, at smaller, with smaller numbers, but we get to be on the sidelines. And I think Westerns uh, was, um, I won't lie. It was, it was a weird decision. It was a one that I wasn't very sure about when I first made it, but now that school started and I've been around the team and, um, just gotten to know a lot of them, like. you be doing some saucy stunts
1: lately, my man.
0: Yeah, uh, we got some putting in that got work. Some, <laughs> <laughs> got something under your sleeve. We huh? Got some hard workers. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we might pull something out of our sleeves, <laughs> dude. I
1: hey man, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic for you. I really am. Uh, one last question. One last thing, guy. Alrighty. I, I want to ask you, and then before that, I'll I'll ask you what do you want to say it to, bud. What is some advice? Uh, and I know we've, we've talked about it throughout the podcast, but what's, yeah. you know, something different is, what is some advice to someone that's, you know, maybe 20 years old or in high school that's possibly dealing with this and, and, and possibly want to tempt something
0: like, what is some advice you, you would give them? Um, Honestly, if uh, I might get a little aggressive right now, Uh, stop it. You're being an idiot. I think um, aggressively that enough that you need to realize the point that you're at and say, Hey, okay, cool. I'm feeling suicidal, but let's just take a look. Like right now you feel like, yeah, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Not that I've had that same exact thing, but you're being an idiot. People, people love you. Take a look around. You have your dog, your cat, a turtle, a, f- a frog, anything like you have somebody or something that cares. And my advice to you is to get up, go do something, distract yourself. It's, it's hard to do. And I know it really is like, like I've said, like try my little 30 minute thing, 30 minutes to freak out. And then you, you get up and you go do something like you make yourself something. Don't let, don't let it take over. Letting it take over is definitely going to be the biggest downfall. And that's the hardest part to get out of. That's when you get to rock bottom and, even if you do make it to or are or, or in rock bottom right now, the only way is up and you can definitely make it through. Yeah, dude, I
1: thank you. Thank you, Nick. Really? Thank you. Really? It really means a lot. Dude. I'm going to say it a hundred times. I'll say it a thousand times. I don't, I don't care, man. I don't, I just, <laughs> God, I feel good. I mean, I feel good, bro. Hey, I feel good, Nick. What are what are the last words you want to say before we head on over to Warzone if you got time? You know what I'm saying? But hey, what are some last yeah. words you want to say? Um
0: honestly just look out for yourself. Be be um be the person that you aspire to be. Look up to somebody and then try to suppress that person. Um try to be the best possible person anybody can be. Like be that person that like I know that I love being that person that people can come to. Like if you're you got a flat tire or you got something you need especially with covid a lot of people need help right now like your teammates might need groceries delivered like go help them like just just be a better let's be a better person in the world
1: be that person be the light Um, be a light and if you're listening out there and and you feel inspired hey go message nick if you need anything and i mean anything dm me i always respond to anyone always and nick you want to talk to nick play some more with him too or just talk to him in general? Maybe carry him in Warzone? Oh. oh. message <laughs> Just so you know, please message me if you ever need anything, guys. I mean, Spill the Cheer fam. We're freaking strong. We're the strongest team in the We're the strongest fam in the world. Hey, guys. I love you guys so much. Hey, pay- take it easy. Peace. <coughs> oh, fuck.